Friends of Fresh Hop Cinema, Happy Halloween! I could kiss you right on yeah, the mouth. Thanks, man. <laughs> you like that? That was amazing. A little mashup. I got most of the big ones. I think I got Exorcist. I got um, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think was in there. The Shining. Shining. Uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yep. Got a quote from that. I got the soundtrack for uh, Candyman, which I've never seen. Mm. Had something from Halloween. Yep. It had the Tim Burton thing from that movie, whatever it's called, Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I had that idea today when I was driving back from Reno. I thought, you know what, we should. We always talk about how we forget that the holiday's happening by the mm-hmm. time that we're doing the episode. So if you we'll make this a cut and dry, no way we could forget it, a Halloween episode. Yes! It's my so, favorite holiday. Normally we'd start off with a beer, but, f- well, normally we'd start off just saying a bunch of stuff, but the first thing I do want to say is, Johnny Summers, you're wearing a costume today. Yeah, yeah. And I want to know what it is. I am playing Undercover Jim. From The Office, if you haven't uh, seen that episode, oh, we should have known. She would have written now what episode that was. It's uh, season five, episode 13. Look at you go. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Hold that. I'm going to take a photo of you. If you want to know what Johnny looks like, he's wearing full Dunder Mifflin get up. He's wearing Madge's uh, shirt. Um, we're going to put it on our Twitter and our Instagram. Um, mostly, I want to say now at this point, uh, we are Fresh Hop Cinema. We're Yo. a podcast about craft beer and movies. Uh, and we cover uh, two craft beers, one movie every episode. This week, we're covering, in the spirit of Halloween, Zombieland Double Tap is the sequel to the 2009 Zombieland. We don't spoil it till the very end of the show in the segment we call The Danger Zone. Uh, and I think that's about it. If you want to support our show, I suppose you can find us on Patreon. That's just patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. Or if you want to see all of our movie reviews, beer reviews, uh, photos of Johnny and costumes, all in one place, go to freshhopcinema.com. You can find all that there. We'll leave the light on for you. Yeah, we will. Okay. So here we are. Let's do it. We're starting with a disturbing beer. Yeah. At least based on its description. And I think you should do the honors because you picked this out. In the spirit of Halloween, I do declare. Yeah, all of our beers are super scary. Yeah, I mean, this one really does sort of uh, creep me out <laughs> just yeah. looking at it. It's an amazing piece of art it the is can is great i it, love the label it doesn't scare me as much as the crawdad one from uh clown shoes that we did a couple years back on halloween i had something about like a human body with like a crawfish face anytime it's like like sea critters like gills freak me out hmm. it's just like something about the violation of the human form in the form of tentacles do you have like it's a like, seafood phobia well i don't have a phobia i don't like it um and i don't think that helps at all like it not just seems seafood gross. i'm sorry like sea creature phobia um well, what if like there was a man with a fish head that would bother me chasing you? So here's the thing. Like I can walk up to an aquarium and be like, because there's a glass, like you're in your own zone. But if I, I hate swimming in like in lakes. Yeah. I think there's something in there. Yeah. I just think there is. I think we had this conversation in the ocean. But that's see, the ocean where you and I were is fine. Cause oh, it's, is it's it? close enough to the land that I can stand and I can like kind of run. But like being dropped into the ocean or like if an octopus were to onto my leg, I would lose it. Mm-hmm. I think I'd drown. I, yeah, it'd be bad. It'd be all bad. Yes. That's why I don't mess with the ocean. But this is not uh, a secret or this is uh, something else. This is a Glasgow smile. It's not a secret? 
It is not a sea critter. It's not a sea critter. No, this is actually named after a horrible act of disfigurement, and that act is portrayed upon the can. This is a really highly rated beer, and it comes highly recommended from our good homie friend of the show, Andy, over at SNS. Oh, cool, uh, cool. He helped me curate this week's beers. He's always got good recommendations. He does, and he's got a killer selection. Um, they don't sponsor us or anything, but I do love shopping there Fair. for food and beer. Um, this beer is called Glasgow Smile. It's brewed by Nightmare Brewing. They are gypsy brewed out of Boston right now. They're we should, kind of, we should uh, probably clarify what gypsy brewed means. Just to so yeah, gypsy brewing is when uh, a brewery doesn't have a brick and mortar location where they make their beer three sixty five. Um, so they will like acquire the services of a brewery that has let's say extra time, extra tank space, extra fermenters mm-hmm. to manufacture their beer for them. So it's not their home base, but their beer is in fact manufactured there. So this beer comes out of Boston for now. Uh, I believe they're kind of located on the East Coast, but more on that later. This beer, Glasgow Smile, is a Leipzig Goes, coming in at 6.7% ABV with a beer advocate rating of 92, which is pretty damn impressive. Let's see what they say. Goza soured on wild Scottish bilberries with heather, lemon zest, raspberries, and blueberries. That sounds really good. So bilberries, by the way, I looked it up. It's it's just like a weird Scottish, like Gaelic way of saying blueberries. Oh, really? Because I Googled it and then like it was like nothing came up. Did you perhaps mean blueberries? And I'm like, well, there's no way they misspelled blueberries. But they list blueberries as well. Right. So I don't know. That's as far as I could tell, that's what bilberry meant. It's like an old school way of saying blueberry maybe in Scotland. Maybe they're Scottish blueberries. Yeah, maybe. It could be a little different. I don't know. Could taste like scotch. What is a what is uh, what is the like fake berry that I'm thinking of? You smell like it. Schnozberries. Schnozberries. Schnozberries like taste like schnozberries. What's that from? Uh, Willy Wonka. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Is it Willy? All is right. it Willy? <laughs> Sorry. All right. Originating from 1930s era Scotland, the Glasgow Smile was a signature performed on those unlucky enough to suffer at the hands of the Glasgow Razor Gangs. God. Given to rival gang members or the unfortunate victims of muggings, the act slices a person from the corners of the mouth towards each ear. While seeming like ancient history, in 2008, knife-related injuries were reported every six hours, and the Glasgow smile was executed a minimum of once a week. That's too often, I think. To the beer, soured on wild (laughs) bilberries, or blueberries in English, Yeah. Grown in the uh, Caledonian forest of the Scots Pines, brewed with heather, an ingredient used in Scotland for beers for 5,000 years, lemon zest and black sea salt, then fermented with raspberries and blueberries. Uh, Maraschino cherry, jammy raspberry, lemon zest sharpness, tons of aromatics, uh, bilberry skin, and heather come across as a balancing slight tannin earthiness. So mm-hmm. hints of citrus, underripe raspberry tartness give way to a mouthwateringly dry champagne finish with a savory salinity. Let me say, uh, this is an immaculate goza. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's it's it's. I was gonna say blood orange red, but it's even darker than that. It looks like it's so pretty. It's just like a dark raspberry and blackberry sort of combo. More raspberry than blackberry, but a little bit dark, like almost like a like a lighter purple. It's an incredible color. I've never seen a beer this color. Oh, and it's wow. very tart. It's uh hits you in the mouth pretty good, but it doesn't uh leave you like uh with sort of that sour coat that no. you get from some beers. There's a good amount of salt there. 
Um, it's very, very tasty. I can see why this is rated highly on the internet. Mm-hmm. Certainly, it's very good. Yeah, this finish is jammy almost. Yeah. Like the inside of a freshly cut cheek. God. <laughs> I was thinking, I mean, obviously the the movie reference to compare this to is probably Joker. Not not Joker that we covered, but um, uh, like Heath Ledger's Heath Joker from yeah. Batman. Um, but the other one that comes to mind, if you think a little bit harder, uh, did you think of one by chance? Because I had one that I was like, oh, yeah, I thought of this as well. Hmm. But I never considered it an homage. And I don't think it is an homage to this brutal way of torturing somebody in Scotland, but, uh, Pan's Labyrinth, when the, uh, general whose name I can't think of, she like slices him and mm. he gets his whole cheek sliced open. You can see his teeth for a while. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like a half a glass. Right. Smile. Exactly. It's a glass grin. Glass half grin? empty smile. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh, so that's what I thought of, but it's a, I mean, it's a really disturbing, I'm going to turn this can away from you cause it is quite graphic. Oh, it's yeah. It's the can is very violent. Yeah. I mean, there's a huge, I mean, the blood splattering from this victim's uh, mouth is damn close to what the beer does look like. I absolutely love this can yeah. so much. I'm going to peel that label I was going to say, I think you probably would do that. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to buy a couple more cans of this too, because the beer is phenomenal. It's really good. So you found it at SNS here in Chico. Yeah. It cost how many doll hairs? Mm, Ballpark. I'm going to say under five. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. It's a 16 ounce can. So it was in the five, $6 range. Wow. Yeah. I feel like generally when you see a Goza of this caliber, it's not brewed on mass like this. Like you don't usually find pint cans. Well, we don't know how unmasked this actually is. That's so a good I point, don't yeah. know if this is a hugely produced beer. Uh, I've only had Nightmare Brewing a couple times. Yeah, me too, I think. Yeah, I brought one in. I don't know whether we did it on the show or we just shared it in, you know, off air. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I'd like to maybe at some point look that up, but this is this is fantastic. This is everything you want. It's got that jamminess. The it kind of rounds it out. It's not sweet, which is a fact that I find very satisfying. It's got a really nice raspberry bite. I think the jamminess is rounded out by those blueberries, so you get like this overall berry experience that is very, very quenching. Uh, and then it finishes like mouthwatering with just that dash of salt on your tongue. Yeah, that kind of makes you want more, but also like. It's a very enjoyable aftertaste. Yeah, I, I agree with everything. I, in the interest of sort of having a, an in-depth conversation, I want to push back a little bit on you saying it's not sweet. I think that it mostly comes off as not sweet, except for like in the briefest moment after the initial taste happens. Like when you first taste it, it's very tart. And then for just a moment, it kind of rounds out in like a nice black, like raspberry is on point yeah. for tartness. Mm-hmm. There's something else there that's just very round and warm and good. And then it just like, once again, like shoom, sharpens up mm-hmm. and leaves you with what you're saying, like the salinity and the, the tartness and all that jazz. Yeah. That's really, really nice. It's an experience. This is an experience of a beer. Yeah. A it's many a, trick pony. It's a perfect beer for Halloween. So because train the shit out of this pony. You think it's one thing and then it's like, it's like whoa, you just take off the mask and reveal it's a different thing. And then boom, you're a mime. I almost got the Scooby-Doo thing in the intro. I didn't think it was totally appropriate, though. I'd have got away with it, too. Yeah, it wasn't for those darn kids. Because Scooby-Doo's not really a Halloween show. I mean, they just always wear costumes. Yeah. Well, so. no, they're the people that they catch are always wearing costumes. That's what costumes. I'm saying, yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. You know, I could have probably thrown in, like, a Coco reference. That would have been fun. Just kind of, like, get multicultural fun. with it. Mm. Not to say that Dia de los Muertos is Halloween. It's not, but the pageantry and the costumes. Totally. Would have been a nice. Re- I love Coco, so. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I can't watch that movie without weeping. Nope uncontrollably john watched it on the plane uh, oh. to norway and then i like i was just hours without sleep and i still like i took one of her headphones and put it in mine and i just watched the whole thing 
I fell asleep and I woke up at the part when he's singing to her. Remember me? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, oh no. You just wake up and start, yeah, just start weeping. Uh, uh, yeah. Man, that's like a typical Saturday morning for me. Sure. Just wake up wake crying. Up and cry, dude. You know? That's how I like to start the day. It's like, you know, wake well, it's up. It like purges the system, doesn't it? Yeah. Get a nice weep. Get yeah. a banana. Yeah. You're, What's you're, the banana for? Um, you know, to re- replenish vitamins, oh, sure, sure, potassium, sure. so you don't get a cramp. Yeah. Good looking. Uh, you know, because I exercise. Yes. A lot. Of course. You need to vigorously. Limber up. Uh, when we get to hot and bothered, I actually yeah. realize that that's what I want to talk about. Limber up? Your exercise regime. No, oh, yeah. uh, no, no that's mine. definitely bothered then because uh, you're for sure not hot on it. That's fine. Uh, I love this beer. Yeah, me too. I love it way more than I thought I would. I was told by several people that it's amazing. Yeah, what were you expecting? I'm like, I didn't expect this color coming out of this can. I don't, I don't, maybe that's my inexperience no, that Leipzig Goza, but I don't, you know. I hear Goza, I hear, I think, you know, like straw color yeah, maybe. And um, just, I probably could have you know, ascertained a better guess by just looking at the ingredients, but I was not expecting this, um, almost like smoothie esque color, yeah, dude. It's, I mean, it's really like, it, it's one of the craziest colors I've ever seen in a beer that tastes the way it does. It's really cool. Like, you might, like if you looked at this, I would, I would expect some experimental quote unquote, like milkshake IPA kind totally. of thing going on. And it's not that at all. Yeah. I'm going to buy a couple more cans of this and like do a photo session with it and have like a full yeah. pour. Maybe yeah, in like a champ- in like a champagne flute, sure, and then we'll incorporate like some fake blood around the rim or something oh, for yeah. Halloween. Yeah. That could be so you cool. You get food coloring, and just kind of drip it around the no, around the edges of too, the glass. It's not too watery, it, but like a food coloring. That's yeah, true. it would just run. So you'd yeah. have to like mix it with some cornstarch and make some fake blood. Okay, you ever made fake blood? Uh, no, but uh, Kubrick did for The Shining. This, I feel like throughout this episode, I'm just going to reference uh, horror movies if I think of them because now's the time. Absolutely. But that whole thing was um, some mixture of like cornstarch and, and coloring and mm-hmm. water. And, and they actually used that in an ad on TV back in like 80, I think it was 80, and when that movie came out, but they couldn't use blood. Yeah. So they had to call it Rusty Pipes. Right. So he was like, it no, was it's water. not blood. And they were like, all right. <laughs> I don't know why you'd believe that as a TV yeah. person. Like, clearly that is blood. It's one of those things like, well, he said it. And if that's the intent. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah. You know, I guess so. Prove Stanley Kubrick was lying to you. Right. Well, I encourage you, Johnny, to do that for the photo because that would be a really nice way to commemorate that on our website and on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, look, they're like just scrolling through, like, oh, there's Halloween. And then we do something similar with Christmas where we put like tree branches in the background. Totally. Plus, tomorrow, all the fake blood's half off. Oh, nice. That's true. But where's Where's Spirit this year, by the way? There's one in Sears, and I think there's oh. one in Orchard. Is the, uh, the old one by New Earth not there anymore? No, they're putting in a Subaru dealership there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, weird place for one. I right? think, but yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of money. In yeah, that region. If if I were to build a car dealership in a New Earth parking lot, it'd be like Subaru or like Mercedes, something nice yeah, or yeah. Beamer. Like I could yeah, see a yeah. BMW dealership yeah. going there. Yep. So it, it makes sense. Yeah. This okay. beer. Yeah, we got to rate it out of ten. Johnny Summers. Out of ten, if you yeah, we should go over this again. Ooh. I think I think we should hit this one more time. Just we have this. On our big episode, a big episode. <laughs> this is the big one. <laughs> it's our big show. On our bonus content we do for Patreon, we just like a half an hour ago hashed out uh, what we think our one through ten sort of stands we for. We established some parameters, and we agree that ten is like very, very rarely do you see a beer of this caliber or yeah. a movie. And then one is like in in the beer world, it's you can't even drink it. You can't even imagine yourself bringing that glass to your mouth again. It's Angel City IPA. 
It is. Uh, I don't remember what episode that was, but go check that out. It doesn't matter. That yeah, episode was, that was, was the worst horror we've ever show. done. Um, and five is right there in the middle. And anything less than five, so a four point anything is like, I don't super enjoy it, but I don't dislike it. And I think six is like, I enjoy this a little bit. Like we said earlier on our bonus content, most beers fall within the four to six range. Yes. With You'll see an occasional seven and you'll see an occasional three. But the majority of beers fall in the four to six with obvious outliers yeah. uh, finding you yep. like the stray meteor in the galaxy. Every once in a while you collide with it and sure. magic happens or you create a black hole and everyone dies. Yep. Now for me, I find I find that, that threes and eights are a little bit more attainable. I think threes uh, are- <laughs> We're talking about beers still, right? We're still talking about beers. Okay. <laughs> threes are, are very bad. Yes. But- they're a little bit enjoyable, and I think a three is very dependent on the circumstances in which you're drinking it, as is an eight. So most of the time, when I get a three on this show, I will finish that three because I'm enjoying my time with you. Whereas if I were like happened upon a three and I was really excited to get a beer and I bought it at a store, I'd be pissed. Yeah. So I think I think threes and eights are very circumstantial. Ones, twos, nines, and tens, objectively bad and good. Mm-hmm. So nines and tens for me are the are as rare as ones and twos. Yep. Which is why I think most of the time I end up with like a six to eight on the show. But I think by and large, and I'll, I've said it once, I'll say it again. By and large, there's way more terrible beer out there than there is perfect beer. Yeah. So that's why my scores kind of tend to be sure. a little bit lower than yours, I think. Right. And like I will go harder in the paint against a beer that's bad and like it will plummet in the rankings. Um, so that's the general outline of how we score these beers, which we've haven't talked about in a long time. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's, yeah. Every now and again, we should refresh that fun. Yeah. Yeah. Keep ourselves on point. Yeah. Keep exactly. each other on our little twinkle toes. Now the, the, the trick is when you do start getting into like the decimal points, like then I think more explanation is required sometimes, but that just is because I tend to go with whole numbers. Yeah. Well, because tens a good system. I mean, rookie scores are fine too. All right. all you know, right. it's, it's all good, man. It's all love. Glasgow smile for you out of 10. Out of 10. This beer is really good. This is, it's tough, man, because Gozas aren't my favorite style, really, but this is one of the best I've ever had. Okay, I wrote down what I think you're going to say. Okay, so Don't for let me... that affect your decision. I'm not. For me, Glasgow Smile, um, if Gozas are your favorite style, you're no, down... No, no, just yours. No, I'm just saying, objectively, as a Goza, mm. you're going to drive for this beer. You're going to trade for this beer. Sure. You're going to seek out this beer... Uh, this is gonna, I mean, I'm going to be throwing out some high numbers here. Mm-hmm. Scary. Are you, shit. I was thinking, uh, you were going to go just for you personally, but are you saying as it goes in general? Cause most of the time you, you're right. You do go stylistically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tweak that uh, this, this beer is, is tremendous. I got to taste it one more time because okay. we're playing with fire here. So I've got my rating as well. And if, if, do you think you have your number almost? Cause I'm going to say mine if you think you do. Dude. Yeah, this is world class. This is one of the best gozes I've ever had. All right. What are you going to give it? Uh, this beer is a 9.2. I wrote 9.1. Really? Yeah, for you. Wow. Give me a high five yeah, right now. You, you were uh, so close. Yeah, well, my first one was 8.7 because I thought you were going to go just based on your personal tastes. But then once you were talking about sort of the uh, the objectivity of the style and mm-hmm. the, the well-makedness of this. Yeah, and that's how I kind of try and do it is style by style. Like, sure. I would never put this beer up against a stout that I think is a 9.2 because in in that realm, this is going to be like mid sevens, Mm -hmm. but objectively, stylistically in, in this movie genre, 
or this beer's sure, genre, sure. if it was a movie, yeah. this is one of like the top five. Yeah. This is a quality rom-com. Exactly. I think, yeah. I think, sours, I think sours. Yeah, right. It's a rom-com. <laughs> it's misleading. Yeah. I'm going to just turn that back at you. Thanks, man. Yeah. So for me, I actually go the other way. I, I go most of the time, completely mm. personal enjoyment. Um, so I'm going to give it a nine. I really, really like this. Um, my only thing is that with beers of this nature, I do get a little bit too much uh, heartburn kind of feelings. Um, and while this one is sort of on the mellower side of that spectrum, it's still there. So it's not a 10 for me, but sure. it's a nine. It's a world-class beer. hundred percent. Very good. Incredibly affordable if it really is only five or six bucks. The fact this is sitting in Chico on shelves right yeah. now, if you like the style of beer yep. at all, is uh, mind-blowing. I also have to assume that the label has uh, thrown me off a little bit because I don't love that. But I do like the history, so I'm torn. This is scary. Yeah. Um, but perfect s- Halloween beer. Yeah. Speaking of movies, if we could move on into flick picks, it would make my heart very happy. Let's do it. Okay. Well, earlier you mentioned that there was a thing in Glasgow back in the 1930s called the Glasgow Razor Gangs. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of a movie that I watched uh, this weekend called Gangs of New York. Have you seen it? Nice work, Paul Blart. You're rolling uh, on you that segue, baby. <laughs> yes, um, I have. Gangs of New York is one of my, I would say it's in my top 15. Is it? Easily. Of all time? Yeah. Wow. Easily. Okay. Uh, yeah, you're looking at some of Leonardo DiCaprio's best work. Okay. The cast is stacked. You yeah. watch this movie even after a couple of years of not seeing it, and you're like, oh my God, there's him. There's who, you mm-hmm. know, there's, it's everyone's in this movie. Oh God, that's John C. Riley. Right. Like, what right. is happening? Like, so what? Like, a little brief thing. If you don't know, it's a Scorsese film from 2002. Um, it chronicles the mid 1800s, right around the time of the. Uh, ending of the Civil War, so actually like 1860-something. That guy um, Marty makes some good movies, I've heard. He does. We can get into where we think this falls in the echelon of Scorsese films. Um, but Daniel Day-Lewis is in it. Like you said, DiCaprio. Cameron Diaz mm-hmm. uh, is here as an Irish wench, I think, uh, is the Wasn't proper term. She, I thought she was a whore. I think that's what a wench is. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Ooh. Check that out, though. Yeah. Uh, Liam Neeson, uh, Brendan Gleeson, John C. Riley, like you said. A, a bunch of people in, in some very career-defining uh, roles because it's 2002, especially for like DiCaprio and Cameron Diaz and even John C. Riley. Mm-hmm. This is like pre Step Brothers and sort of pre that. And I feel like, like having never seen this, knowing he was in it, and then like he kind of went down this path into the comedy, and then he came back with like Sisters Brothers mm-hmm. and something else that we saw him in recently that I was really impressed with. I can't remember. Um, he's a really versatile dude. Wasn't he uh, King Kong? Yeah, that's not what I'm thinking of. Though he was the best part of that movie. Yep, Skull Island. Yeah, <laughs> or Return to. Spy Kids skull. He just popped up in my YouTube subscription feed uh, because he has got a band. Of course he does. John C. Riley is in like a folk uh, four piece sure. playing an acoustic guitar, playing like Civil War songs right. on Tiny Desk. Awesome. It's like, what? Yep. Oh, he was in Wreck It Ralph. That's what I'm thinking of. Ah. Uh, He's great in that, but yeah. dif- different. Voice acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, never seen Gangs in New York, knew about it. Obviously, it's a it's a pretty iconic. Um, period piece. Mm-hmm. And it's very obvious that it's a Scorsese movie. Like if you've ever seen any of his stuff, um, this was like, this was, I think two, I can double check, but two years before the departed, mm-hmm. which was another film he did with DiCaprio that you love. I love the departed. Um, but what I found so interesting was that if you haven't seen the departed, it's basically um, a uh, sort of like a Boston small gang movie. It's with, with DiCaprio and Nicholson, Jack as, as I call him. Um, and it's all about sort of, mob crime and and uh double crossing and thievery matt damon also mm-hmm. uh, mark Wahlberg. matt damon matt damon um 
But what I found so interesting was the correlation in tone and even story a little bit between Wait, those two movies. Was Matt Damon in The Departed? Yeah. Yeah. Are you thinking of Wahlberg? No, no both of them were. Whoa. He was sort of the That's good angel right. and, and DiCaprio was sort of, and Vera Farmiga was in it. Wow. Um, great movie. Yeah. Um, put the uh, Dropkick Murphys on the map. That's right. Great song. Um, little on the nose. It's fine. Anyways, I don't love Gangs of New York. I think that the story was a little bit boring. And and this is tricky because some of this is obviously based in real stuff. Like these were real gangs that fought each other in the the wake of the draft after the Civil War. And like, or before, was it they weren't going to the Civil War? That was. No, it was. Might have been at the tail end. Yeah. Because I think the Civil War was like. It was happening. And they were like signing people up at the something. dogs. Yeah. That's what it was for. Yeah. Um, but every like everybody on the good guys team, which is not Daniel Day Lewis, uh, is Irish. They're coming in from Ireland, mm-hmm. potato famine. They're getting drafted into the American armies. They're getting just used as fodder. But Leonardo DiCaprio's dad, played by Liam Neeson, is murdered by Daniel Day Lewis's character. Then he gets back from leaving the town for a while. DiCaprio does and decides he wants to murder Daniel Day Lewis, Bill the Butcher. And the whole movie is like sort of their dynamics, like kind of a Munchausen by proxy sort of thing. He takes him under his wing, but he's still going to try to kill him. Um, But what I think really stood out to me about this movie was the world building. It Mm. feels like it feels real, right? Like the details in the costumes or just the giant sets that they built. um, It all feels like people argue and I get it about like Cameron Diaz's accent or anybody's accent. Really, it's a little bit cheesy and um, some of the action isn't terribly compelling. I think a lot of the fight scenes are kind of lame. Um, the beginning is, and so is the end almost laughable. Um, I think there's a spoiler alert for this. It's pretty old. The very end is like this big monologue by DiCaprio. Oh, he's like narrating over what you see and he and Diaz sort of fade into the background. There's like a grave and then time lapses and like the golden, not the golden gate bridge, the, uh, what's the Brooklyn, one? Brooklyn bridge, obviously, uh, shows up. And it's like, and then pretty soon people know we're never really here. Shut up. And it's like, all right, it's a nice thing, but it feels cheesy sometimes. So I don't think it's Scorsese's best work, even close. For the time that it came out, though, those effects. It's O2, man. I'm not mad about the effects. I'm mad about, I'm not even mad. I I liked it enough, but it it just didn't hit really hard. It felt very preachy, Mm. Um, and which is, I mean, Liam Neeson, preacher, that's his character's name. Fine. But I, I don't know. In the beginning was like also this big standoff between like these two gangs that fought each other. There's just some of it that doesn't hold up, I think. But the stuff that does hold up, which is the world building and the performances, especially by Daniel Day-Lewis and by DiCaprio, yeah. are fantastic and make this movie worth watching. I think what helps this movie hold up is the uh, intangible cool factor of a Daniel Day-Lewis in this movie. Bill the Butcher is yeah. just one of the coolest characters, like objectively. like. He's scary and mean mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's got a glass eye and he's a butcher and he's sure. always just chopping meat. Yeah. It's creepy. There's something very specific about it. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it's one of those roles that it's hard to picture somebody else playing. Totally. Uh, which I think says a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I agree. I don't, cool is not the word I would jump to intimidating maybe. And, um, uh, commanding perhaps yeah, a little commanding kind of, uh, I wouldn't say like career defining, but like iconic, like he's just, that movie was, yeah, like, sure. Oh, Powerful. He's just one of those guys, though. He is. Like, in every role. And how much of that is a testament to this movie, and how much of that is a testament to Daniel Day-Lewis? Right, well, I think it's probably equal, not equal parts necessarily, but, I mean, like, Scorsese knew who he was casting, and Daniel Day-Lewis knew who he was going to work with director-wise. Like, I think both of those guys have enough heft 
mm-hmm. in Hollywood where um, people on the sidelines are like, just do your thing. Like, we'll just watch whatever movie you make. Yep. Do it. Like, you don't need notes from like the studio or mm-hmm. other writers. Like, just trust them to do their thing. And this is what you get. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, it was. I love the movie. What'd when you- was the last time you saw it? Uh, I just watched it like a couple weeks ago. Oh, really? Yeah, I was like just flipping through HBO. Yeah, I mean, like, it's oh. nearly three hours long. Yeah. And I think that's actually another thing I want to point out. I watched this after a gig. My gig finished at 10. And I was like, oh, I've always wondered. I don't know what was wrong with my brain. I was like, I'll just put this on and maybe I'll turn it off later. And testament to the film, I did not turn it off. Huh? I was constantly more and more engaged. Um, and I think just sort of uh, just the world, like I said, but like not so much the story. I got kind of bored at mm-hmm. a couple of points. But I think the rest of it holds up really well. You were going to say something, I think. No. Oh, all right. Just giving you an affirming. Mm-hmm. I you were saying what? You said, what did you? You said, what did you get? And then yeah, I cut you off. Bit, oh, like a minute bit. ago. What did you? I don't know. Okay. Doesn't matter. Uh, I haven't written a review of it yet, but since you just it is did, now. bro. I'm going to have to like, now type it out. But you can find that on our uh, FlickPick section of our website, which is now back up and running. Word. Uh, if you want to read whatever coherent thoughts my fingers decide to make out of my mouth. Yep. Anything for you? Flick picks you want to talk about? Uh, no, man. I've just been watching a lot of Netflix. I don't think I've watched any movies uh, other than the one we're reviewing in the last week. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, then I uh, I recommend a motion. The motion is that we go to a break, and then we come back and talk about Zombieland Double Tap with no spoilers. What say you? I second the motion. Indeed. It, it is law. <laughs> we ride. Trick or treat. Smell my feet. The handlebars where you should eat. That's right, everybody. That's the handlebar right here in Chico. They're located at 2070 East 20th Street. They have a happy hour seven days a week from 2 to 6 p.m. where you get a dollar off all of their draft beers. They have an amazing lineup of those crafty, drafty beers, so go check them out. Again, the handlebar right here in Chico for your spookiest Halloween craft beer needs. Hey, possum <laughs> Sorry, just you in that chair. I think I would have made a damn fine president. You would have brought a real dignity to the office. You're welcome, America. Welcome to Zombieland. Life is about more than just survival. We were a family. Dysfunctional, sure, but what family isn't? Merry Christmas! What would you like, little girl? I'd really like for you to stop calling me little girl. But do you know what I would like? I don't give a shit what you do. It felt so good to be on the move again. Whoa! Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Columbus. Madison. This is Tallahassee. Hey, Paul Blart. Is this your dad? Oh, whoopsie. I forgot the seatbelt rule. Oh, so she knows the rules? I told her just a few of them. 73, and are there more? You're cute. I like it. My sister is gone. She picked up a boy. He's from Berkeley. Berkeley! You don't have weed, do you? <laughs> do I look like the type of person that would have weed? I'm sorry. Boom! Yeah! I have nothing against hippies. I just want to beat the shit out of them. We're gonna go get her. We ride it, dog. Start talking. You first. Oh, my name's Tallahassee. 
Oh, my apologies, little Elvis. Okay, is it me, or does, does he kind of remind you of... I don't like you at all. I think you double parked. <laughs> or more perpendicular parked. Hope we don't get a ticket. What is going on here? What? Hello, everyone. Am I hallucinating? All right, that's trailer for Zombieland. Double tap. It is a sequel, like I said earlier, to 2009's Zombieland. Bang, bang. Nothing. Yeah, sure. Uh, this was directed by Ruben Fleischer. He did the original. He also did Gangster Squad with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. So this is another collaboration for he and Emma Stone. He also did Venom with Tom Hardy, which I was not a fan of. But I think, were you? I can't remember. Did we cover that on the show? No, and I haven't seen it. Oh, well, I'll do it. Uh, let me give you the quick synopsis here, <clears throat> and then we can move into some other stuff. Isn't it pronounced synopses? Oh, see, what did I say? Synopsis. Oh, synopses. Excuse yeah. me. The synopses is... The zombie slayers, Tallahassee, Columbus, Wichita, and Little Rock. They're all named from the places they come from. I can't remember that. I know that's a rule from the original. They're like, we're just going to use our location names. God forbid we meet somebody else from our place. Anyways, they leave the confines of their adopted home uh, in the White House to travel to Graceland in Memphis, Tennessee. Along the way, they encounter other post-apocalyptic warriors and a group of survivors who find refuge in a commune. The scrappy fighters must now rely on their wits and weapons more than ever as they soon find themselves in a relentless battle. I'm not going to read any more of that because it seems uh, like more than I want to give away right now. I wrote this synopsis, actually copy and pasted it from the internet last night when I was a little intoxicated after a show in a hotel room. So my bad. It's not the best thing I've ever copied, but I do want to say this film has Jesse Eisenberg. He's Columbus. Woody Harrelson is Tallahassee. Emma Stone is Wichita. Abigail Breslin is Little Rock. And this film introduces, uh, not for the first time on film, but the first time in the franchise, Zoe Deutsch as Madison and Avon Jogia, I hope that's right, as Berkeley. And also Rosario Dawson and Rosario Dawson, pretty much Dawson. just a dream. Yeah, I feel like this, like they're casted, they're listed as cast, and then they're also shown in the trailer. But I feel like if I had not been uh, spoiled with knowing she was in this, as well as some of the other cameos that come up, which I'm not even going to say yet, uh, I think it would have been better. Yeah, like it would have been a nice surprise to have that sort of whole tangent in the uh, in the hotel. Mm-hmm. It would have been great. Yep. Uh, this movie runs an hour and 39 minutes. It originally came out on October 18th, 2019. It was released in 3,468 theaters and on opening weekend made $26.8 million. Respectable. Pretty good. Respectable. Um, two questions off the bat, Johnny. Uh, what do you think of the original and what do you think of this one? Those are both great questions. Thanks. I really enjoyed the original. It was a very unique outbranching of the zombie film that we've all seen hundreds of. If you're like me, you love horror films, you love zombie flicks. Uh, It was a very comedic, slapstick, kind of uh, sarcastic, fun, modern take on a zombie film. Quick quick recap. um, So it was initially kind of like a, like from the apocalypse on, a recounting through the eyes of Jesse Eisenberg. And it, he's kind of world building and setting up this universe and his rules for survival. And, and it kind of is following him. I don't remember like specific plot points any more than him trying to survive and then meeting Tallahassee played by Woody Harrelson and then them having to find shelter. And then there's girls and they have to save them eventually that sort of thing. You know, it's, it was kind of a vague zombie movie. I mean, was, they were in. They were in a. Uh, what was the thing? There was. You, I can't think of the word. A fair. It's like a fair, but like a carnival. Maybe. Oh yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. Carnival. Like a carnival. That's what theme I was park. Say. A theme park. Sure. It was yeah. like an a, like an amusement park, an established one. Yeah. 
And that's what I remember from it. Yeah. So there's a lot of that. Yeah. And just funny cut scenes and a lot of Jesse Eisenberg being Jesse Eisenberg, but in a, a zombie context, it was very enjoyable, very unique, a fun, fresh twist on what some people might consider old hat. Sure. So 10 years later, they make a sequel. Uh, since you liked the first one, did you like this one more or less? I liked it. Definitely. Okay. I liked it less than sure. the first. Okay. Uh, it was really good. It was good. It was real good. Okay. Um, but it was definitely springboarding off of the, the uniqueness and the success of its predecessor. It was not as unique because everything that you saw as far as like the cutscenes. Like the style of humor was kind of, you knew it was coming. So it wasn't as crisp because it was not original and something you'd never seen before. But you cannot detract from its goodness because it is, in fact, a sequel. And Mm -hmm. you can't completely deviate from the tone of the first film that made it unique in what it is. So you have to kind of find a way to, to jump off the back of that first film and carry on that tone without screwing it up and making it feel like a a product, you know, a commercialized product that just copies the first one. You want it to have its own voice and you want it to be another unique, fresh take. And I don't think this hit on all those markers. It hit on some of them, but not all of them. So I'm going to say the sequel was a solid good. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I think the thing that jumped out to me, because I have only seen the first one like once when it came out, maybe. Okay. Um, so I was like, I kind of knew the idea. It was like a comedy zombie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very excited when I started seeing what was happening with the opening credits. Those were some of the most interesting and fun to watch credits I've ever seen. Totally. Like I've seen credits sort of interact with um, like the screen, but these ones interacted with the environment and the characters. Yeah. Like if somebody slammed a zombie down, the, the name next to it would sort of react as if it had just been hit with a shockwave. That stuff was very cool. Yeah. I was really excited for that, but then it like, they kept doing it throughout the movie. Like they did a lot of bringing in, uh, not credits, but like, superimposed like, words yeah, on the screen. Like the rules thing is a really big theme here. So it'd be like rule. They like mention it and then it'd be like, boom, rule something. And then mm-hmm. it would like sort of fade away. That felt a little weird to me. Yeah. Kind of forced. Yeah. So like I think uh, kind of going on tandem what you said, like they do, I don't even want to say double down, but they kind of try to stick and stay true to the original comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases it works really well. There's yep. there's a lot of like self-referential stuff here and some fourth wall shattering. And the other times though, it feels very forced, like almost out of ideas. So we'll just, we'll double down on, on the stuff we did the first time, yep. but make it more extreme mm-hmm. and hope it works. Exactly. Um strengths of this movie uh it's fun to watch zombies get shot mm-hmm. there's some very stylized gore here that can be a lot of fun if yep. you're into that um the guns are it's like a gun shooting zombie movie that's what it is and yep. there's there's uh needles that get threaded for friendship storylines and romantic storylines and um we can talk about in the danger zone uh and spoiler talk how how well all that works i have a lot of stuff that i can only talk about uh once we sort of lay out the plot but I am, uh, as you can see here, have a book open and I'm trying to find the chapter I just read and I'll plug this book in a second. Um, but there is a chapter of a book that I just got and the book is called movies and other things. It's by Shay Serrano. He is a co-host of a podcast. I just started listening to called the rewatchables. And there's a chapter 
chapter 17. Here it is. I loved his work in Game of Thrones with Tyrion Lannister. Hang on. Uh, I don't get it. Why are you saying that? The prostitute was named oh, Shay. Shay. You're right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Come on. Now. Fair enough. I mean, okay. jokes are no fun when you have to explain them. Well, I mean, it's a pretty, like, I know at least a few people named Shay. <laughs> I know one person with a Game of Thrones tattoo that should have gotten that joke. Fair enough. I just didn't, I've sort of written off Game of Thrones. Since the ending was so bad. Yeah, season eight really took a dump on all of our chests. All right, so he says, uh, Shay does, about sort of the levels of a comedy and realizing that a comedy is good comes in sort of five stages. Mm. And they go something like this. Level one. Foreplay. Okay. And this is his quote exactly. Okay, so definitely the rest of this movie is going to be funny. So it happens when you hear like a really good joke off the top. You're like, okay. All right. like, you're like, oh, huh. Okay. 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 All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Max. Level two. Okay, so Definitely the rest of this movie is going to be very funny. You get like two jokes. Now you realize you have good chemistry, whatever. This chapter's on book smart, by the way, in his book. Oh, see, I'm immediately thinking of good boys. Oh, sure. Because right. there were those, I'm feeling back to mm-hmm. those phases in that movie where I was like, all right. And then I was like, oh, all right. right. So, okay, level three. And it seems redundant, but we'll get there. Okay. So this movie is definitely extremely funny. Um, and this is point- where you start kind of weeding out the lower level mm-hmm. comedies. Um, he writes, uh, you, he, uh, let me just read it. Getting this many levels up is where it starts to get tricky because it, uh, for a comedy to get to this level, it has to have a scene that toes right next to being completely unbelievable or far-fetched without ever actually feeling unbelievable. You need something like the food poisoning scene in Bridesmaids uh, or the four and four dance in Girls Trip. Level four. Okay, we're all officially watching an upper echelon movie right now. And then finally, level five, there's a point in watching this movie you think, okay, this is special. This is going to be remembered as a special movie. Mm. And I think Booksmart in this book is a great example of a movie like that. And I don't think that Zombieland is. What's What movie hits every level of that for you? Book, My, mine is Booksmart? Yeah. Um, I think, let's see. Can I tell you mine? Sure, it just please. popped. As soon as you're reading that, I was yeah. like, okay, I went from thinking about uh, good boys to immediately once you hit level four and level five was like, obviously it's Tommy boy. It's like my favorite comedy of all time. It's a great one. Yeah. It's so classic and mm-hmm. it hits that. Okay. We're watching something special. Yep. Like this will be remembered. It's and a, like, yeah. To this day, I can quote that movie mm-hmm. and like they just, those characters are just, they're iconic. So there's just something, yeah, there's something else there. You can't mm-hmm. really explain what it is. Um, I think, I mean, bridesmaids is an amazing movie. It's yep. a fantastic comedy. Like it's stacked with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, admittedly, like comedies aren't my uh, my go to mm-hmm. all the time. But, anyways, I am wondering if you stand by me that Zombieland Double Tap doesn't quite live up to the fifth level. I think it probably lands in like a three for me. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, the first one definitely would have ranked higher on this list, and I think is more memorable. Right, and if I had seen the first one, uh, I might be able to attest. But I think you are correct. If you, you haven't seen the first one? Uh, in a long time. Sorry, okay. I haven't if seen If you were it more, yeah, more familiar. Um, but yeah. I, I do think this one's good. No, it was good, and it was entertaining, and I like the fact that it didn't forget that it is a zombie movie. We're here for blood and guts and gore. Did and- it not really? Really quick, sorry. One more time. That book is Movies and Other Things by Shea Serrano. I want to plug it one more time. You can get it. It's pretty new. There's a lot of, like, if you're not a movie person that knows, like, a ton about old films, it's mostly stuff from, like, 2000 onward. Okay. Okay. Does it though? Uh, like, I don't know. It's hard again, like without spoilers, we can't really get into this too much. Um, so just thinking back on stuff from the trailers, I do want to hit on the two sort of new main characters without again, like 
I don't know. They get into it in the trailer. You want to talk about, you said Rosario Dawson. She wasn't even a main character. She right. She's like barely a minor character. There was a great sort of tangent storyline with her. And you heard them. If you've seen the trailer and we played the trailers, so we might as well say it. Uh, uh, is it Luke Wilson or the other one? I can't think of it. Was, uh, yeah. Cause Owen's the wow guy. Yeah. So it's Luke Wilson. Wow. 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 Um, so it's, it's him and it's Rosario Dawson. And it is the um, other guy that Why looks, can't I think of his name. I have no idea. Well, he's not super easily found listed here, but you've seen him. He looks like, a, like a knockoff Jesse Eisenberg. So it works really well. Mm. Um, I think personally that whole bit, that whole sidebar tangent thing they do is one of the strongest parts of this movie. It was really funny. Primarily because it's, it's geared around sort of the fun, goofy violence. Yeah. Uh, and jokes. Mm-hmm. And I think that by the time this movie gets to its climax, it sort of loses the aesthetic and the reason I'm here in the first place. Yeah. And we can get into that later. Um, but overall. Overall. What did you think? Did I you think, like it? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to try to watch it again on purpose. Mm-hmm. If it was on um, at somebody's house or something, I wouldn't be like, change this garbage movie. Um, it was funny. I laughed out loud a couple of times and I had a nice time at the theater. It's a nice biteable chunk at like just over an hour and a half. Was it's, that a zombie joke? It was, <laughs> uh, just like the perfect amount of time. If this would have been like two twenty, I'd be like, this is dumb. You don't know what you're doing. Yeah. This it's is a good a, nugget. If this was over 90 minutes, we riot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. All um, right. Well, so enjoyable, then, but not amazing. Young Maxwell, what do you rate this movie? It's a good, it's, I was thinking about this earlier in the shower and, I think it's oddly specific. Well, you think in the shower a lot. Yeah. I don't know. I do Uh, sort of stay in the shower too long. Sometimes I'll just be like sitting there like, all right, what am I going to talk about today on Mm. this podcast? I do that when I'm driving. Yeah. It's a thing. I'll just think like, all right, I need to form thoughts that Mm -hmm. don't sound stupid. Right. Majority of my time thinking about what I'm going to say on this show is like, how do I, I appreciate the prep work, man. How do I say this and not just sound dumber (laughs) than a bag of hammers? I'm going to say a six. Okay. Yeah. Really? I'm, I'm torn between a five and a six. Wow. Yeah. It's an like it's a funny average movie, you know, that has a cool premise, but is uh got tiring to me. Okay. I don't know. It's tough. I'm surprised that I, I rated this movie higher than I'm you. I'm not. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. What'd you get? Uh this movie's a seven two. Seven point two. Yeah. Uh I enjoyed it. I was entertained. It was silly. There were certain things that became tiring, but uh, in the realm of horror comedy, uh, it can get super cheesy super fast. Yeah. So you, with horror comedy, you're kind of always walking that line between B-movie and horror film. And I think this strikes a nice balance between that, those two genres. So Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I liked it. I think the, the original was probably upper eights. For me, maybe okay. even low nines. Wow. Uh, it was like up there with Shaun of the Dead as far as like mm-hmm. modern, like there weren't really any like older horror comedies. I mean, that's debatable with like Rocky Horror and like little, yeah, but those are little, little right. shop of horrors. But like modern era, like post like 2005, mm-hmm. uh, what year was Shaun of the Dead? Uh, it was around there. It was like 04, I think. All right. So basically like post Shaun of the Dead, because sure. that was for me what mm. set off like the new era of like horror comedy. Yeah. It was uh, but in in that time period, this is um, some of the best. I think the original was maybe exemplary along with Shaun mm-hmm. of the Dead of the genre of horror comedy. And this one is an honorable, yeah, honorable, okay. respectable sequel. Okay. 7.2 for you. Six for me, that is Zombieland, Double Tap. It's out in theaters now. 
If you get a chance to see it, let us know what you think. We'd really love to hear it. You can email us, which is the only thing I didn't say at the top, at fhccast at gmail.com. You can tweet us. You can Instagram us. You can write us through our website. Uh, you can send us letters. That's true. On, like, parchment uh, written in your own blood as long as it's in pretty longhand calligraphy. That'd be great. Yep. Uh, not going to give you our address if you're the kind of person that would do that. So no. good luck sending that anywhere. But if, we'd appreciate the effort. Take a picture of it. Hey, you know, if you're going to do that, the least I could do is get a P.O. box. So <laughs> I was, yeah. slide into the DMs if you're going to send us letters in blood. Otherwise... Email us like a normal human, and we will be back with spoilers for Zombieland, our second beer review, and maybe some fun facts about our lives. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be crazy. All right. If you've never joined us for the Danger Zone before, a couple things happen. Uh, the only really important thing that we should explain once is that when we get to Zombieland, double tap again, we will spoil it. We'll give you one more warning, I think, because we're nice gentlemen. No, this is it. This is the warning. We're just going to like spoil it. But there's nothing really huge to spoil. Everybody dies. You always say that. Yeah. Woody Harrelson kills everybody. Sure. Uh, so once we get there, we'll do it. But we're not getting there yet. We're going to get to our second and final beer. It is a beer that uh, Johnny brought also. It's called Blood Junkie. Again, in the theme of Halloween, uh, assisted by Andy again at SNS. Yes. Nice. It's from Three Weavers Brewing Company. You will notice, Johnny, on our notes, I made a fun little tea out of a cross. I thought that was uh, indicative of the Halloween spirit as well. That is. Uh, okay. It's an 8.7% uh, Imperial Red Ale. It's 70 IBUs. And here's what they have to say, Three Weavers do. From our ears to your glass, Blood Junkie is a ruby-hued Imperial Red Ale brewed in collaboration with our hop-obsessed heavy metal friends at Prosthetic Records in Inglewood, California. Big and malt-driven, yet dry and balanced, with a bright hop finish. Blood Junkie will have you throwing horns. Ooh. Which is a term that I don't know if that's a real thing. Maybe it is. It is. All right. Throwing horns. Like a bullfight? Like you're fighting? No. That's oh. what you do at a metal show when you throw up the devil horns. Is that devil horns? Yeah. Why does your finger do that? What's that? You, do your finger lock like that? What do you mean? Like that. I mean, it looks weird. Can you bend that? Yeah, it like locks. That's not good. What do you mean? I'm double-jointed. Is that what that is? Yeah. That freaks me out. Looks like... Uh, Can you do that? Uh, Danny's not here, Mrs. Torrance, is what you're doing to Can me. Can you do that? No, I just, can't do just that. The top? No, I have a normal finger. All right. Yeah, you shouldn't. That looks weird to me. Yeah. Just like, don't lock it. Like Feel right there. <laughs> no, I know. I have Feel a little, it. I got it on my thumb. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, yeah you're just weird. Yeah. Thanks, man. So, so I have <laughs> weird fingers. <laughs> do you have it on both hands? Yeah. Yeah, look at you go. That's fun. Johnny Weird Fingers. Um, that's what they call me. So it's when you put, it's, you know, it's when you stick up your index finger and your pinky finger. Yeah. Uh, and the only those ones, like Toby Maguire trying to figure out how to shoot webs, mm -hmm. that's devil horns or yeah. horns. Yeah. Throw horns. And some people throw it this way. Like sideways, like a gang or sign? Or like, like out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like these are different. Like, this is like, if you're, if you're, if your fingers are facing the thing, your hand, if your palm is facing, you're doing this, it's like, Nice to you, but if you flip it, it's like I did a good job. Like yeah, me. nice to me. Like, but yeah. also, this looks like a caterpillar. Oh, I could see that. This is way more metal I mean, because yeah. this is like, yay, I'm a caterpillar. This is like, yeah, it is. it's more like it's more. You got to flex more. Yeah, it's more in your face. Your arm bends. Yeah, so that's how you throw pop proper yeah. metal horns. So you might be thinking that because we're talking so much about this, we both tried the beer, and that's just what it made us do. Nope. Which would have been <laughs> really fucking cool. Yeah. But we didn't. Nope. So I'm going to try it now. Try it. Okay. The can's amazing. I bought it because it was scary, and I knew Max wouldn't like it. That's what Halloween's all about, is doing things that Max doesn't like. Dressing up, drinking beers out of scary-looking cans, all kinds of fun stuff. So it's all red on yellow. With See, I would call that all black. 
Oh, black and red sure. are the primary colors with a little dash of yellow for highlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a scary demon skull with two human skulls facing left and right. It's it's super scary. Can I see like it? Oh, yeah, and sure, eyes. sure. Let's see what they say. Did you write a big description? I actually, so I haven't seen the can, but it, it I don't know. If you get to the point where it sounds like in your, from our ears to your glass, you can be That's pretty how sure. It starts. Okay, then yeah, I got yep. the can info online. Do you want to read it or do you want me to? I already read it, my guy. Are you nuts? Like out loud. Yeah, I read it out oh. loud. Are you crazy? Oh, that was, it was short. That's yeah, it was why. pretty short. And I was reading it like almost like I wasn't reading it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got a good I, reading voice. I thought that there was maybe uh, some more descriptions. Well, then it is up to us in all of our professionalism to yes. describe it to you. So, young Maxwell, you've tried it. What do you think? I don't like it. <laughs> it's uh, really underwhelming. It, the, the red ale thing is never something that I really am jazzed about. It's like, you know, the can is sort of the draw, I think. And the, the shtick of like the, the throw horn. They even have throw horns written really tiny right there. Yep. Um, I don't know, man. And right there. Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's strong, I suppose. What's um, the ABVs eight, again? Seven. Eight, as long, seven. Double check that on the can because I think there might be different batches. No, it's eight, seven. Yeah. Um, it doesn't taste like eight, seven. There is like a pretty strong like molassesy sort of sweetness that you get underneath the hoppiness. But the hoppiness reminds me more of like a like a Lagunitas beer than it does, say, a Modern Times beer. It's very muted. Uh, I wouldn't quite go so far as to call it stale, but it is very underwhelming. Approaching stale cardboardiness yeah. mm-hmm. um, with a firm dash of too malty. Yeah, man. I mean, it's and it's not always a bad thing. Like a malty ale is an awesome thing. You know, who am I to shun years and generations of of tradition? Like a malty ale. It's like I gotta say it that way. You know what I mean? Like you need it in a an ale horn. And then you just good malty ale. I don't even have words to describe. I just keep saying malty ale because yeah. it's a thing. Like, just no one can see me, but like you're like if you picture what's in my in my mug, it's a malty ale. Yeah. Versus like this, like this is a nice IPA or something. But so when, a, when you ale. say malty ale, way too many times, like you just yeah, did. yeah a lot. What, what beer are you thinking? of? Again, like my brain goes to a Lagunitas, generally IPA. Okay. Um, as far as like malty ales that aren't meant to be that necessarily okay i think as ipas go uh lagunitas is definitely like the malty end um but i don't have a lot of experience with red ales i just know that the ones that i've had have not stood out enough for me to pursue them further yeah so i don't know they're they're really just an an okay style and for me this is just an okay beer um yeah we kind of got it at least i did because i picked out all the beers i got it because the can's really cool Mm -hmm. it fits on brand Mm -hmm. um Let's just say it. The liquid does not really hold up. The liquid is not as cool as the can. No. Although, again, like you and I stylistically differ a lot, so mm-hmm. I don't love this can anyways. Yeah. I think the beer is better than the can. I love the can. But I do actually really like sort of what's going on behind the scary demon man. It's like all these sort of this line work, and it's yeah. not like it's hand-drawn or anything, but it's still kind of a cool label. Well, somebody had to draw it. Somebody designed it. Yeah. I don't think they drew it. but Maybe they drew it on a computer. That yeah. counts as art now. Well, it's art for sure, but I bet they didn't like hand-draw it. You know? Yeah. Um, it's, I'm going to, I've only had like one large sip, so I'm going to take another sip, but can you give me more thoughts if you have anything to yeah, add? Drink the rest of it. And I'm going to tell you, wait, why. lastly, I'm sorry. It's $4 for a pint can. That's factorable. I mean, it's an almost 9% beer for four bucks. If you're go again, I'd like to point this out. If you're going bang for buck, it's a pretty decent buy. Yeah. If you like red ales, it's good. I mean, it's got, I would like this beer if it had toned down the hoppiness a little bit, given me like a little more nuttiness. 
kind of a little bit more roundness. Basically, I want this beer to be a brown ale. Yeah, I was going to say, like, more of a brown ale sort of If you thing. could just turn this red ale into a brown ale, it would be way more fucking delicious, okay? It's, but it's man, not. I don't know. Yeah, that weird hoppiness that happens. I don't know what hops they use, but it seems like like a sort of very blunt, like a, like a cascade or something. Yeah. Well, red ales are that weird middle ground between, like, light beers and dark beers. Yeah. They're like, they have their foot in both camps. So this wants to be kind of a light beer in some aspects, and it also wants to be a dark and heavy beer in some aspects. Yeah. And for me, um, red ales have always seemed like they were just kind of undecided about what they want to be. It's, yeah. a, it's a beer style with an identity crisis. Dude, it's, yeah, it's the bastard stepbrother to a brown ale. Yeah. It but feels like it's not even as cool as that title is. Though. That's a good point. That's yeah. a pretty cool title. Yeah. But yeah, thanks. Yeah. It's just so mixed up. It sends mixed messages to my mouth and my brain and all of my insides are confused and I don't like it. So for me, I'm going to say if you like red ales, seek this out. But for, for this beer consumer, this is going to fall into like the mid to low fours. This is that's, yeah, I this mean, is that's like, still pretty high. See, we get back to the numbering thing here. Like fours is barely below average. Like this is slightly more than barely, I think, which is a you know, weird way I, to. But like, you know, for me, like the most average middle of the road, fine, as you say it, mm-hmm. beer I can think of is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Really? Yeah. That's a good ass beer. Are That's you my me? five. That's a five for That's you. That's my five. Oh, okay. Well, this is where this is why we disagree on stuff. Yeah. We have this fundamental misunderstanding of what a five is. Yeah. But you like Sierra Nevada Pale, do you no. not? Oh. I don't at all. Really? It's, even it's even fine. with the culture and the and like sort of the the dear precedence care. that it has? Like it's it's set the the bar for like everything. It's fine. I haven't bought pale ale in probably a decade. I'm talking like it's a 10 for me, but it's like a six for me. But exactly. It's not, a, it's it's not one, a five though. It's one point higher. But it's one point towards being more enjoyable. Yeah. You're I, saying it's completely middle of the road. I think in craft beer, it is. Have you had one recently? Yeah, I have them all the time. Yeah, it tastes like water now. Mm. It's so thin and crushable. I think it's great. It's Fine. And what's wrong with being crushable? Nothing. You love crushable beers. That's why it is my All right. perfectly average craft beer. Okay. It's not amazing and it's not terrible. It is 100% my true middle. That's, I mean, okay. I know. Is that a, That's a controversial thing to say. I mean, it huh? is, but I know a lot of people don't love it. I think it's the Centennial Hops. People are like, Sierra Nevada beers all taste the same. It's like, all right. Like they have a, but it's like all Scorsese films look the same. It's like, yeah, dude, they're either going for something here. Yeah. But, but see, but, but yeah, my so, true yeah. five is I don't love it, but I have zero negative feelings towards it. Yeah. That's a good five. Yeah. That's, that's a, what that's, I'm saying. That's what a five is. I that's agree. what a, a pure five. Like, yep. I'm not going to go out of my way to get it, but it's also a beer that I have zero complaints mm-hmm. because it is, for all intents and purposes, exactly what it's supposed to be. I want to know what my five is. I got to think about that because that's a, a really good beer to know, I think. Yeah, I think it is. I think it defines you as a beer reviewer. Sure. It's, uh, it's an important thing. And in in Chico, especially, the, my five is a very... Now that oh, yeah, I've people, said it out people loud, people fight you about this. Probably because there's so many people that's like their favorite beer of all time. But mm-hmm. I think as our palates progress, we can look back to beers like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and realize that, in fact, it's like the Jack Daniels of the whiskey world. Like, it's fine. Wait, I yeah. it's something like that, something comparable. You know what I mean? Where like, but Jack Daniels but, is I garbage. Mean, but think back to like the first okay. nice yep. something you had. Insert whatever. Could it be like makers? Be it food, be it sure. bourbon, be it whatever. Like the first really great representation of a craft style of any consumable product. Right. 
and then think about your palate 10 years later Mm -hmm. and how you look back at that first thing. So for me, like I cut my teeth drinking Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Old Chico, Torpedo, shit like that. Yeah. So that's where, like, that's my baseline. I think your five should be your true north, your baseline. Yeah. I have zero negative feelings, but zero, like, above and beyond love for that beer. Right. I'm not going to wear a Sierra, like a Pale Ale hoodie. Sure. But I'm not uh, yeah. going to say it's a bad beer ever. How did, how did I would we get on never say it's a bad beer. Sure. How did we get onto that? Oh, because of the hop or the uh, particular hop usage in this beer. Was that what we were talking about? Well, yeah. That and um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't remember. I, don't, I really don't remember. I think it had something to do with how I rate this beer and, you know, red ales as a style. Sure. I was just, I mean, I was saying like, I, I think that it might have to do with the hops that they used. Because mm. um, I had just taken another drink and I think that like. Oh, no, because it was, I gave it a 4.3, and you said you think that's oh, a high rating. That's right. And I said, well, Still does. Yeah, and then like we a true it. north is yeah, like five. Yeah. So and this is just, it's like, the, yeah, it just seems crazy to me, but well, we have different mouths. I'm biased, and I know it because this is a style that I don't necessarily like, but it is also not a bad beer. Just because I don't like it doesn't mean that it's bad. Just like anything in this world. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's wrong. So it's not undrinkable there's like as a red ale there's not a lot wrong with it for me i think they could tone down the hops a little bit you know just to jump in real quick like as we talked about that for a couple minutes like mine did i had like this like you know like a finger or two left in my glass it warmed up a little bit yeah and that did sort of hide some of the hoppiness and brought out some of the more like caramely malty flavors and it made it a little bit better okay um but you are going to stick with the uh, ideology that it is not a bad beer you just don't like the style yeah. All right. Yeah. It's it's a fine as far as red ales go, it's fine. I'm just not partial to that style. Therefore it scores lower in my opinion. And yep. y'all motherfuckers listen to this because you like my opinions. Is that why? I think people days are bored. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Probably. So what's happening for me is that uh I'm glad you think so highly of us. <laughs> we're great, but you know, we're yeah. a certain thing. And I know that it's podcasts fine. are a certain exactly. thing. Exactly. Uh what's happened for me is that though the hoppiness has gone away. Because it's warmed up a little bit, the booziness has come out, mm. and I don't know that I love that. Well, it's starting Uncle to drink. It's starting to drink play. more like a uh, like more like an old ale almost. Like it's Ooh. feeling like a lot of weight on sort of the back end. And I'm almost getting like some raisiny pruneness, which is, I mean, is a certain thing. And if this were an old ale, like if it had some of that more syrupy quality, mm. um, or like a like a maple or molasses sort of taste up front, I might be game. I like old ales. Yeah, they're good. Um, yeah, but this isn't, it's, I don't know. It's, I don't, so I'm going to push back is my point and say that I don't know that I think this is a great red ale. Okay. Um, granted, the specificity of an imperial red ale makes it tricky because I don't have a huge point of reference. I was going to say, what's your point of reference like for red ales in general? I don't know. Just that's, that's, is it, is it, it's a smallish sample size, right? I'm going to look up just a list of red ales, like the most of the top 20 in, in America and just see how many we've had because I want to know. Sure. Because, yeah, I think by and large, it's not a style that either of us gravitate towards. So I'm going to say I've had probably seven of these. What's what's your number? Uh, four. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's – I think it's it's a fine example. I think the, the hops kind of have a freshly licked envelope taste. Yeah, there's some – yeah, it's like – it's, again, like not quite stale, but um, – Envelope. Like, like papery, yeah. Like, yeah, like, l- yeah. The envelope when you lick it with the glue and the paper. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm looking at Beer Advocate here, and and they have am or red ales and uh, amber ales sort of lumped together, which okay. may be correct. I don't actually know the distinctions, but mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry these books are in the way. I know you can't see it and turn your screen on for some reason, but because you don't love me, maybe you didn't. Neither of us noticed until just now. No, I noticed. Blazing oh. World is a modern times beer. I know we've both had. Yep. Um, but let me just read some of these out. Give me the whole list, bro. And I'll tell you, can, you if I've had it. You can stop me, yeah, if you if you have had. Um, Zoe Main Beer. Amber, Smashed Face, Three Floyds. Yep. Oh, tobacco, to, Tokobaga Red Ale by Cigar City. Yep. I'm going to shift this microphone just a little bit. Uh, Blazing World we've both had. Yep. Ma from Treehouse. Nope. I bet you that's good. Um, Patascala Red uh, XIPA. Delicious beer. Is it? Yep. That's by Stone. Yep. Uh, Red Rocket from Bear Republic. Yep. Yep. Uh, Red Wheelbarrow, again by Maine. Nope. Evil Dead Red. Yep. Smith. Mm-hmm. Hellbrook from The Alchemist. Nope. Marble Red Ale from Marble Brewing. Nope. Blood of the Unicorn, which I don't think we either of us have had from Pipeworks, but I really want to try. It's really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice, dude. Uh, so that was the top 12 there, and you've had, seems like about half of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's great, dude. Okay. Um, I've had more Red Ales than you, I guess. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that was no Is question. there any more? You've had like that Heretic. Yeah. I mean, this is a list of, um, it looks to be like a hundred. Oh, wow. That's too many. So we're not going to go through all of them, obviously, but just scroll for a minute and let's, let's highlight a couple that you have had because okay. we need to get some idea. Yeah. Of let the... me just look through. Yeah. I've had like the evil twin from heretic. I've had a uh, toaster pastry from 21st, which I actually really enjoyed 21st amendment. Okay. Um, it was a very, in- it was pretty strong, I think. Yeah. Uh, let me just double check. Oh no, 7.6. Um, let's see. There's got to be a couple more on there. You yeah, oh, you'd think so, right? Um, I have had <laughs> uh, Dawn of the Red. I've had that from Ninkasi. That okay. would have been a great one for for this movie. Yeah, that would have. Um, let's see what else here. Um, have you ever had Bell's Amber Ale? No. I bet you that's pretty good. They make good beer. The Boone Amber Ale from Anderson Valley I've had. That's a great Amber. Yeah. See, I feel like uh, Amber Ales have a lot more like uh, sweetness, earthiness. They're more round, robust. They're more like uh, a brown ale. Oh, really? Yeah. For me. Um. So I'm looking here. Oh, this is an Irish red. Because it does seem like a lot of these places are lumping together ambers with red ales. Well, yeah. They're real close. Um, and this is a distinction between Irish reds and amber ales, and this is from misdemeanorbrewing.blogspot.com. It's a blog on, on Misdemeanor Brewing's website, but they say amber ales use more hops generally. Okay. Uh, the other big difference is that um, basically it, it basically comes down to the, the malt and the hops. Hmm. Um, and I don't really know uh, what the distinction is. It says maybe the Irish reds would use more English malts hmm. and hops with a tendency to use toasted malts, and the amber ales would use more American malts and hops. Okay. Um, so I don't know, maybe it is, it just comes down to malt and hop variety like everything else does, but that makes sense. That's pretty much like what makes the defining just, yeah. lines and styles. So, um, huh. yeah, well, All right. so you've rated it. What'd you give it? What's did you rate it? it? I don't know that I did. Uh, what did you, what did you say? I gave it a 4.3. 4.3. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, I think we got sidetracked. So I'm going to give it, I'm actually give it one more pour. Cause we're I want to, I want to be sure we're getting off the rails here. I think off the rails talking about like beer trends and like our personal preferences on beers. That's a really good tangent. Off the rails also on brand. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Let me taste this one more time. All right. He's tasting it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan, but you might like it. No, I'm not. certainly not the biggest fan. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm in the same camp as you in that it is less than average. 
uh, but how much less is where I think we disagree. And I'm going to give this a three. That seems so low. It feels low. Now I'm going to give it a four. I'm going to give it a flat four. It's uh, boozy and it's affordable and it's not the greatest, but it's drinkable. So I'm going to give it a four. So we're actually pretty close on that. Hmm. So a four from Young Maxwell. A four, three from me. Blood Junkie. From Three Weavers. Yeah. I've had a bunch of Three Weavers and they do make some good stuff. So I'm not going to hold this one against them. Yeah. The other thing is, like, again, it was a a collaboration with Prosthetic Records out of Inglewood, California. How much does a record shop know about making beer, though? (laughs) I wonder if it is probably like a duo thing, like they do beer and we sell records. I don't know. That's a good It seems like a very like trendy brewery thing to do. That seems like a place I would hang out. That's true. Yep. Um, okay, so earlier I mentioned that I had an issue with your fitness regime, which was not <laughs> true, but it is a nice segue now. Because uh, I just want to say I've been... Uh, well, you and most doctors. Sure. <laughs> what do they know? Um, no, I've been... Um, I think today is my first day in the past eight days that I have not had to perform. So it's my first night off. Nice. Which is great. But I was in Reno, and Reno tends to be the place where I play four nights in a row, and I sort of get on like a healthy eating thing for a few days and go to the gym. I only went to the gym one day, but I did uh, what the guys with big muscles call lifting weights. Okay. Which is not usually my, I'm, I'm like a cardio guy mm. and stretching. That's You're like, lean. Yeah. I like to stretch. I like to do cardio. I like to sit in the steam room. Okay. For whatever like reason. Schwitz? Yes. For whatever reason that day I was like, I'm going to lift some stuff. Then I'm going to put it back down mm. and I'm going to lift it again. And one in particular, uh, my sister told me what it was called. It's where you might know it's where there's a machine. Or like a, a like a rack, and you have a bar, mm-hmm. and you put your head, and you put the bar on your shoulders, and mm-hmm. you squat, and then you stand up. That, sir, is simply called a squat. It's a no. A yeah. squat's when you do it without a bar. No, it's like a power squat. No, it's like a like a mega squat. No, it's, it's called an ultra. You squat. did squats, bro. Well, cool. I did squats. What'd you squat? Like a hundred pounds? Yeah, probably. What's cool. the bar weigh? Forty-five. Well, then I did more than a hundred. I'd probably did hundred and forty. Nice. Or like a hundred and. Yeah, like I did put like a hundred pounds. I put like forty or ninety pounds, forty-five on each side. Nice. It was too much. I did ten of them, and I could not walk. Like the next day, like yeah. my muscles were like, we're not used to this. Yeah, Duh, that's why people skip leg day. Oh, sure, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, all that to say, like, uh, it's it was fun. It was cool. Nice. I'm glad I'm not having to stand up and sing all night tonight. This is much nicer sitting in a comfy chair, <laughs> totally. talking about movies while drinking beer, and then talking about those beers. Yeah. Nice. So that's my hot this week, or my bother, depending on how you want to look at it. Nice. What about you? I had a hell of a weekend. Hit me. So my hot is going to be my this weekend. Yeah. Um, overall, it was pretty awesome. So we went out to dinner at like 4 o'clock on Friday with ambitions of grabbing dinner and a beer and going home. Sure. Didn't, never goes well. Never worked out. No, did not mm-hmm. work out that way. Mm-hmm. Not even close. But unlike most stories that begin this way, mine has a happy ending. Oh, great. Turned into an amazing night. Excuse me. I'm full of air from, you know, alcohol. So don't blame alcohol. It's from um, beer specifically. Yeah. From, don't well, blame all alcohols. It's from White Claw with Skittles point. in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot I did that. It's Is, pretty good. Are you, are you noticing that? No, Skittles? try it. It tastes like Skittles. It's uh, really well, you good. You can't just say that and not say what we did. So, oh, yeah. That was on the was bonus. bonus. Yeah, we put Skittles in a lime white cloth. <laughs> like a bunch of Skittles. Johnny came over and he was like, since I wasn't dressed up, he's like, here's, I got you some candy to get you in the mood. Yes. And then he has a, he has a, oh. oh, I brought you a present. You did? I did. Is now the time or is it later? No, it's now, bro. 
We're going to do this on air. You get that, and I'll talk about this for a second. So you had a a lime white cloud. I was like, I'm just going to put some. Wow, that was there the whole time. I didn't even notice it. Yep. Uh, I put some Skittles in it is the point. Hopefully by now they've sort of absorbed into the the claw. Yeah. Okay, so you're handing me a a, a grocery bag? Yeah. Uh, I will open it. All right. I will present it to you. Thanks for that. So in honor of Halloween. Yes. You have won this year's Dundee. Oh, my God, you fucking angel. For the best <laughs> podcast host slash friend. You got a Dundee award? That's your Dundee. I got a Dundee award? You won a Dundee from me. That's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Is this this come with your costume? Yeah. No, I bought it. You did? Yeah. It was like a prop in the section? Yeah. That's so cool. It's going here for now. <laughs> All right. So that, yes. is, that is your award. That's for the coolest being thing I've uh, almost ever received. The best podcast host slash friend Thanks, that man. I've ever known. Oh, my Lord. That's so nice. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting emotions on this episode. <laughs> I'm going to put it on my Threat Level Midnight poster. Do it. I'm actually going to take a quick uh, photo of it slash video so we can put it on our feeds. I figured that if I could turn Halloween into like uh, a really heartfelt gift giving holiday that you would maybe turn your frown upside down and enjoy the devil's holiday with me. Look, man, I don't hate Halloween or anything. I just, I like, I dress up. You pointed this out the other day. You were like, Hey, what kind of shoes are those? Like I dress up every day. Yeah. <laughs> like I put on an outfit. You I'm do. like, I got to match my clothes. And like, so, so the sort of the fun of like spending extra money for an outfit I'll probably wear once. Though in your case, the mad shirt, you're mm-hmm. going to probably wear that a lot. I'm going to wear this hat so yeah. much. Yeah. It's a great hat. Uh, so, but that's, I don't hate Halloween. I think it's a lot of fun. All right. And thank you for that, Dundee. You're welcome. It's one of the best things You know ever. what? You, you've you earned it. Yes. Good. I wish it said Bushiest Beaver, but it's fine. Do what you can. You know, there's always next year. Just keep growing. Deal. And keep trying. Sure. All right. So my weekend. Yes. Continue. Uh, Halloween weekend kicked off for me last week. Uh, so we went out to dinner. Aspirations of just grabbing some food and going home. Ended up playing pool at the down low for a while. Are you back on that? Like we do. I thought you gave that up. Uh, it's a thing. I personally don't enjoy playing pool. Uh, I get too hyper competitive. Yeah. Not a fun thing to do. Sure. So I was drinking and chilling. And once I got to the point where I was like, I felt myself getting too competitive. I said, you know what? I told my wife, Shalina, that this was going to happen at some point. I'm going to stop playing pool. Like with her, like you guys were getting competitive with each other kind of thing. I get competitive with her. Sure. She's there for the love of the game and the fun. And I'm like, let's do this. Fuck you. You're the enemy (laughs) right now. We are not friends. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough uh, attitude for pool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a fun bar game. So I told her, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to like kick back and have a drink and read the news and review and be your bodyguard. So no one bothers you. Cause people Love it. bother single women playing pool all the time. Yep. Hey, you want to play? You want to play with my balls? Like, dude, <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on, man. <sighs> I get it. It's just pathetic. So no one talks to her when I'm there. Yeah. Good. It's really cool. I want to take I, you with me everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You need to hire me as your security. I actually was thinking we'll talk off the air. Okay. I have an idea. <laughs> all right. So we're hanging out at, at the down low, she's playing pool. I am sipping a white claw that they sell now. Yes. And uh, read the news and review. And I discover that the evening we are out is the Blue Room Theater mm. Halloween burlesque show. Oh, dope. Oh, it was so fun. So you went. <laughs> uh, so it was like the show was at 730. Yeah. I was reading in the paper and it's like 745. Balls. I mean. Uh, and then they had a 1030 showing. Wow, we're both, is that long of a show? Uh, there's like an hour between. Okay. Like they finish, take an hour, and then do another one. So I'm like, well, if we end up staying out this late, you know, like who knows? I don't know. 
So I'm sorry, that does taste like Skittles. You're exactly right. like Skittle, it's Skittle pretty good. It's, it's kind of the coolest. Yeah. Long story short, we're riding our bikes because we're on cycles. So we ride our bikes to the burlesque show and end up sitting with some old drinking friends of mine from when I was like a regular at Duffy's. Like 80 or 90 years old? Oh, yeah. Like soup. No, they're okay. my age. Yeah. No, they're older. I don't know. Yeah, more or less. But anyways, Sorry. we like yep. we had some friends performing in it, which was a super fun bonus. And then sat with friends. And it was such a cool experience because burlesque encompasses so many things it's so inclusive it's beautiful women of all shapes all sizes all skill levels all talents just bringing it to the forefront and it was all halloween themed and just knowing some of the performers it was it was an amazing time and it made me really happy and proud to be part of like chico like it made me feel very ingrained in this community Fair. So it was a really fun kickoff to like Halloween week for us going yeah, to the, dude. the Halloween burlesque show, like randomly from like right. going out to dinner at four o'clock to like ending up at a burlesque out until like one in the morning, yeah. riding our bikes around Chico. Mm. Like, oh my God. This that's is- a fun, that's a fun thing. It was really fun. I like that about Chico. Like sometimes it can feel like a shitty just college town. Yeah. But then other times like, oh, we're all sort of doing this. Like, yeah. There's people that are just here and part of the community. And like every now and again, you get these little glimpses of like, yes, community. We're all in this. So let's ride our bikes at midnight. And why not? We're all safe. We're all on the same team. Yeah. And just celebrate like the beauty of the female body and like dancing around. I don't think I've ever been to a burlesque show. It's really fun. I'll take you to one. Okay. We should all go. Deal. Yeah, because we ended up sitting, me and Shalina ended up sitting with our friend uh, Steve and his lady and like a bunch of their friends. And yeah. it was all just, it was so fun and it wasn't um, degrading or demeaning and it wasn't, it was like sexual and like racy, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. that wasn't the point. Right. So there's like a difference. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. Like it wasn't the focus. Huh. So it was really cool. It was a fun experience. It was empowering. Nice, like, I felt really stoked for the performers too. So yeah, it was a thing that you should support. Like, Fair. Yeah. I don't go to the Blue Room enough. Yeah, they do a lot of stuff, but I feel like it doesn't get a lot of publicity. Yeah. Like I know friends that have done album releases there and mm-hmm. I've, there's been plays there and I think I've been there like twice. Yeah. I've been to like a couple of punk rock shows there yeah, like and random I've stuff. been to burlesques and now I've actually been to a couple of plays there, which are fun because I have a couple yeah. of friends that are like actors that yeah. actually do acting and plays. And it's really neat to have that forum. So yeah, dude, the blue room is like the pageant of live entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's just they're bringing cool. cool stuff and yeah. Uh, support local artists and yeah. Like, do you want to feel like super ingrained in the community right. and vibe of Chico, right, right. that feeling go there, check out a show. It's really cool. Right. And then Saturday we went to Sacramento and saw Thy Art is Murder and Cannibal Corpse. So oh, that was like a Cannibal Corpse a show. Super heavy nice. metal, death metal show. And it was a lot of fun. Nice, dude. It was a great Solid weekend. Solid weekend. Yeah. And then costume party at work today. Yeah. Good ass day. Exactly. Halloween party, mm-hmm. pinata filled with shots and, and money. money. What a great thing. And candy. People yeah. are always like, these people are too old to be celebrating Halloween. Like, you're just not celebrating it right. You've just never had a pinata filled with yeah. money and liquor. What? That's well, a great thing. It reminded, it made me think of a bender from um, Futurama. Yeah. We'll have our own pinata because he always says we'll have our own party with hookers and blow. And I was like, we'll have our own pinata with money and liquor. <laughs> sure. Like, this is our holiday. Do what we want. Yeah, why not, dude? And uh, shout out to Ben that won the competition. Nice at work. Like from Futurama. Yeah, that's a it was good know. times. 
So that was no connection. But. That was my hot, and uh, I don't really have a bothered. It's been a great week. I'm Sick trending ass. up. Good, Life, good man. Good. So, so let's be polite, I suppose. Zombieland spoilers inbound. Okay. Okay. What we do should, you have to talk about? We should have another beer. Uh, I'm not good. You're right. I don't have enough. Uh, okay. Fine. Uh, momentary technological break. We grab another beer. Then we talk about Zombieland double tap spoilers. Let's grab a drink. And right. there's beer. No. All right. Uh, wait, well, hey, I don't know about well, beer. I thought you were going to start. Yeah, I did. I'm start. starting. <laughs> you started. What? You're starting. <laughs> uh, okay. So we have reapped. I got a white claw. You're still drinking your Skittle Claw, I, which should be a freaking thing. I'm just going to put this out there. I put a White Claw and a double stack in front of you, and you chose the White Claw. And I said, "Are you? do you need something else? And you look at that. <laughs> so that, that. I love when the Johnny laugh comes out. That needs to be a photo because that is, uh, it looks like a repulsive. Oh, my God. What happened was Johnny poured the rest of his White Claw, the Skittle one, the Skittle infusion, and it's it's. It, what would you call what kind of beverage like lemonade almost yeah it like it's looks like a greenish like lemonade. country time yeah it does i'm gonna pour a little bit in my glass just to kind of we can get a photo of it and kind of see the difference but um that's actually got some beer in it um anyways but no your point stands yeah i, I opened my white claw instead of wasting a double stack uh, and then probably being pretty drunk at the end of this so um take a photo of that would you my friend mm-hmm. uh and here's sort of a normal looking white claw more or less all right Okay, so do you have some stuff for sure that you want to talk about for Zombieland? Because like I wrote down four to five things that I know I wanted to talk about that could only be discussed in the realm of spoilers. Let's go with your four to five. I'll let you lead this conversation. Okay, so in order to talk about – well, actually, I'll tell you what. I actually do have two questions, and these are spoilery. Oh, so man. I need to know the, the scene or sequence that you thought was the strongest okay. in this film and the weakest. And I'd, I'd like to also share mine. Okay. Mm, strongest i would say is probably the scene where where luke wilson and the other guy show up we should know his name we yeah whatever yeah. Yeah, the other fine. guy doesn't yep. matter he dies it's fine yeah he's in this in the movie for like eight minutes like probably eight or, eight or nine yeah it's a good eight minutes uh so i like that quite a bit and the weakest or maybe anything with the uh what's her name the the new girl that's in the madison. equation madison mm-hmm. She got exhausting. Also, the guy from Berkeley was really exhausting. And yep. also everything at the... Um, Compound, commune. The commune yep. was really exhausting. That's, yep. Uh, any scene that the guy that kept saying group sex was in was Pretty really yeah. just like... It's all right, man. All right. That's funny you say that because those are definitely my two as well. <clears throat> I think I think that the Rosario Dawson uh, and uh, Luke Wilson slash other guy that looks like Jesse Eisenberg was like far and away the funniest whole segment by itself i think you could take that out and just watch that and it would be great Mm -hmm. because you don't really need to know a lot about them like you can clearly see that woody harrelson and luke wilson are sort of doppelgangers character wise and then same with unnamed man and jesse eisenberg yeah that guy and you get this great fight scene that, that probably lasts like three or four minutes and they do a really good job of dressing it up like it's one shot even though it's not there's some clear points where it's like they whip across and wipe the camera and then cut it but there are some long takes in there and there's some really good physical and uh, dialogue comedy in there. And that stuff works great. There's a scene right after the fight where when uh, Luke Wilson's kind of like, I think he's like waving a glass like with a drink. And you sort of like start to see the bite on his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it sort of devolves into there. And that's how the fight starts. But there's another fight beforehand where they fight for the first time. Really, we see these uh, guys fighting the, the T-800s or the mm-hmm. sort of evolved zombies. Now. You get introduced to the idea of these evolved zombies 
pretty early. Mm -hmm. There's this voiceover from Jesse Eisenberg, like, here's how we survived in zombie land. We categorized the zombies. And then we learned there was this new zombie. And then within like, so, so as an audience, you're like, all right, we're going to see these new zombies. Cool. Wonder what they're going to look like. Who knows? Then you see the scene with this girl, Madison, who's been living in a freezer. She's dumber than all hell. You can't imagine this girl's actually survived. Jesse Eisenberg keeps saying, but she's a human being with <laughs> just feelings. To like justify that yeah, she's right. okay to have around. She has thoughts and feelings. All right. She has feelings. <laughs> um, she's very dumb. So what I was convinced was going to happen was that she was the evolved zombie. Mm. I was so set on this from the moment they said, smarter, stronger zombie, faster, whatever. I was like, that would be a cool way to do it. Like make her so dumb and make her like prey on this weak nerd guy and get in. And she's like a smart zombie, I guess. I don't know how it was all going to work. And she was going to uh, sort of lead the other zombies to them. And all of the pieces were lining up for this. And I think this is how the movie should have ended. This is what I'm going to say now. I'm not going to bother with explaining how it does end. Go watch it if you want. But between you and I, here's how it should have gone. She gets sick. She gets infected. What that actually turns out to be is her uh, her maybe like disguise wearing off or her, her zombie potion that makes her seem human goes away. Mm-hmm. So she's And then they go out and he doesn't shoot her, obviously. Comes back. They see her in the ice cream truck. She's re-upped. And then they take her back and she is the one that leads the zombies into the commune. And then the final frame, she's about to bite Jesse Eisenberg. She's full zombie now. All the other zombies are dead from the car chase and jumping over the cliff. And instead of her biting him, Emma Stone jumps in, bites her instead. She sacrifices herself for Jesse Eisenberg, proving that she did love him. She was very nice. They both die. Uh, I think that would have been a better movie. Hmm. I kind of am I not mad at that. don't know how it would have worked. Like I know zombies don't do that, but if you're going to build up this new, stronger zombie, like, Give me something interesting. Because what happened is she she played a role well until she died. And I was like, good. That was a fun tangent. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back and it's just like more of the same and more of the Berkeley guitar kid. Mm-hmm. And the commune stuff sucks. Because they take away the guns. Yeah. It's a movie. It's a comedy where it's fun to watch people shoot guns at zombies. You're taking away the zombies. You're taking away the guns. And you're relying on bad jokes that are A, nothing like the original stuff, which people are coming to see. And B, not funny. Yeah. Group sex guy. Why? Yeah. Why bother? Stop. Yeah, it was a completely different lane. Yeah, dude. Like, there's a certain there's a certain aesthetic that mainstream low budget comedies get. Basically, any Tiffany Haddish comedy mm-hmm. or like Melissa McCarthy comedy, Shy of Spy, love that shit. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like hospital lit. It's very bright. It's got generic soundtracks that are meant to make you laugh once. Mm-hmm. And like the whole commune section of this movie felt like that. Yep. It was so lame. Or like I don't there, I don't know. Wasn't Melissa McCarthy in Bridesmaids? Yes. So shy of that. Movie. But it's not on Melissa McCarthy yeah. movie necessarily. True. That kind of put her on the map, I think. Yep. Um, but like, yeah, any of those movies where it's about her being fat and farting, mm-hmm. which was a lot of stuff before people were like, no, she's good. Mm-hmm. Before she did, uh, what was that movie? There was like an Oscar contender in oh, twenty eighteen. Sorry, you'll never say I'm sorry. Please or... forgive me. Yeah. Uh, it's something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna think of it. But yes. won't you please forgive me? You're getting so close. Somebody let us know. It tastes like Skittles. Can you ever forgive me? Yeah, that's a <coughs> gross looking thing. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. Um, I think that's most of it. Yeah. I just think that would have been a better thing. The other thing I want to talk about is sort of the self-awareness of the movie and the fourth wall stuff. Mm. Um, like they make references to other zombie movies. Yeah. Like they talk about the there's a Walking Dead comic at one point, mm-hmm. graphic novel. And they also talk about, Madison talks about, like, I lived in the mall, like in uh, Dawn of the Dead. Dawn of the Dead. 
And I don't know. Like it's trying to be funny and that is kind of funny, but then you're yeah. like, why? And there's like these <clears throat> constant intersplicings of zombie kill of the year stuff, which is funny to some mm-hmm. extent. The tower of, or leaning tower piece of one was less funny. That was pretty funny though. Yeah, but I like the first one. I can't, the, the, uh, you know, the, uh, what do you call that thing that cuts up um, like hay? Oh, like, you know, a, yeah. Like a, tra- it a combine. Like it's a called combine. a combine. Uh, and he was like, all right, if you're sensitive to blood, look away. Cause it was crazy bloody. That type of self-awareness and letting us know as an audience was very funny and original. Yeah. And I think in line with the original film, but some of it was just overkill and it seemed like they were running out of ideas. So they put in stuff like the commune sequence that I don't think needed to be there. Yeah. Like the third act of this movie all kind of felt like lazy writing. It did. And it was such a bummer because I think that would have saved this movie from being such a low score. Yeah. And gotten up higher well that's the thing with the first movie there was no lazy writing front to back it was it it was you should rewatch it tonight Mm -hmm. on halloween it's a good night to watch zombieland yeah although if you were to say definitively if i had to watch one halloween movie tonight i'm sure it wouldn't be zombieland no you ever seen rosemary's baby yes i gotta watch that it's like a horror classic yeah for not like like, it is a horror classic 65 i want to say 67 like i think it's in the same time of suspiria mid to late 60s yeah great movie yeah but Rosemary's Baby. Or like the original Psycho. Or Exorcist. I just started Psycho on my honeymoon. Uh, I don't know what that says. Probably nothing. Um, but I need to finish that. Because hmm. uh, that's another one. Like very, very iconic. And classic. Oh, yeah. and, although I think Psycho is one of those movies that if you know the twist, it sort of makes it lamer. Mm, none. No? No. It's still a great movie. 68 for Rosemary's Baby. Okay. So here we are. Anything else you want to talk about with Zombieland? Double tap. You know, no. I think my overall thoughts were pretty um, all-encompassing. It's, okay. it's good, not great, entertaining, but not life-changing or riveting in any way. Yeah. I, if you had a choice to watch the first or the second, watch the first. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, once again, you can reach out to us. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this film. We'd also love to hear your thoughts if you get to try these two very, very scary beers. Definitely at SNS, probably other wares as well. Uh, reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, actually it's just a habit. We don't have a Facebook nowadays. So Instagram, Twitter, um, our website, freshupcinema.com. You can support our show for a buck or two bucks or three bucks every single week. Patreon.com slash fresh cinema. Why are you he's talking so soft? I'm just making sure I say stuff, you know. Uh we'll be back next week uh, around Tuesday. We waited until Thursday because of Halloween. Obviously. But we'll be back uh Tuesday, talk about Harriet. It's a new film. Uh, chronicling what seems to be the mostly true story of Harriet Tubman and the Underground Railroad. We'll have some beers to go along with that, so please tell your friends. Uh, Give us a review on iTunes if you have a chance. That's always very helpful to help people find the show. In the meantime, that's Johnny Summers. That is Max Minardi. And the show wouldn't be possible without Bailey Minardi. Yeah. All that being said, we'll catch you on the flippity-flop. Happy Halloween. Be safe. Happy trick-or-treating. Until next time, adieu. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.